0: This is retiring today the podcast that guides you to and through retirement i'm molly nelson host of the podcast here with rochelle smith she's producer of our podcast and we've got lauren merkel he's a certified financial planner a certified financial fiduciary and a retirement income certified professional and we are really excited because we have a special guest with us today it's speaker coach and joy connoisseur lisa even Joy is such a big part of retirement, and the studies show that those who enjoy retirement the most find things that bring them joy. It might seem obvious, but it can be difficult to find a new identity once you leave the working years behind. Today, we want to talk about ways to find joy in retirement. And Lauren, you've been helping people retire for more than 20 years, and you've seen personally how difficult the shift from the working years to retirement can be.
1: And this is one of those shifts that often is a surprise for a lot of people, because when you think about retiring, I mean, just think about when you're 30 years old or 40 years old and you think about retiring, you think about all the fun activities in a 30 or 40 year old mindset. But then once you're actually there on the doorsteps of retirement, there's so many other things that come into play. And sometimes you forget the detail of recreating what this life without work is really going to look like. And so it will jump out and surprise people. And oftentimes that there's a study I was just reading that says one out of three retirees, recent retirees, have symptoms of depression once they do make that transition. And I can tell you, doing this for over 20 years, we live that with our families, which is why it's so nice to have Lisa here today to talk about how to experience joy in this time frame that is very foreign to most people. People find their identity, they create their, their purpose in life over 30 to 40 years of a working career. And not only do they have the financial stresses of making that transition to not working anymore, but also they have to find out who this new person is and what this new lifestyle really looks like.
0: Yeah, so Lisa, you are a joy connoisseur. Please explain that to us. Absolutely, and thank you for having me. I would say our joy journey,
2: that's what I call it, started about eight years ago. We, my husband and I, were burnt out at work. And I remember sitting on the couch one night with a glass of wine in hand, and I looked at him, and I was like once we were supposed to do all the things right have the kids get the job chase all of these things that were like once we do x then we're going to have joy and once we do y you know then we're really going to have joy and it was right around this time that we were evaluating our careers and whether or not we really wanted to be in those particular roles And then you know what happened to us? We had a house fire due to lightning. And it was kind of the perfect jolt, pun intended, to really kick Joy is our job into gear. And we were sitting there that night and I looked at him and I said, "What if we I'm i I'm a numbers girl, so I love your world and like all the <laughs> spreadsheets and like Let's <laughs> talk about some taxes. Yeah, right? <laughs> there, <right? laughs>
1: Lauren Let's is lighting about, up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk
2: about ROI." Oh, yeah. And so we're sitting there on the couch and I said to my husband, "What if we could chase joy like like it's our job? We could actually put return on investment for our time spent." And my husband's kind of quiet and he looked at me and said, "Yeah, that, that I mean, yeah." and i I looked at him and i was like but but hear me out like what if we actually create a list look at our calendar and say we are going to make sure we have joy here and here and here and here and that's what we did i bought a whiteboard from home depot and i said can you hang this in our bedroom and he looked at me like what i was like yeah just hang it right here so our kids can't touch it and sometimes the only time we're together is before we fall asleep at night so let's dream about a little bit of joy so that's where the joy connoisseur term really came from. And then ever since, I'll tell you what, it's been almost eight, nine years since that whiteboard house fire few months. And the return on investment has been phenomenal. It really has. I yeah. really
1: love that. Cause what you're talking about there is you're talking about applying intention to something that is often just overlooked or something that we think is just going to happen for us. Uh, and in our planning process, when we talk about the financial planning process, we talk about, let's be a lot more intentional in this phase of your life, this transitional process, more so than what you've ever had to be before. So this works really well, applying intention to the joy aspect of your life, as well as the financial aspect in this transition.
0: Yes. Yeah, so Lisa, you've made a career out of this. <laughs> now you're a speaker, a coach, and some of the members of the Merkle Retirement Planning team had the pleasure of seeing you in action. So I want to get to kind of the partnership between Lisa Even and and Merkle Retirement Planning. Rochelle, you were there to see it firsthand.
2: I was. We attended a women's event downtown uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and honestly, Lisa, you've changed my life. Um, I have added in one hour of joy every single week, and I've actually even had my mom, who is on the
0: cusp of retiring, do the same thing.
2: Oh, that's so good to hear. It makes It really truly is all that I'm about. When I think about my two taglines are, have good ripple effect, So everything you say and do is a ripple, happier, crappier choice. And then joy is my job. And I I love to hear people almost putting it on like a hat, like, yep, joy is my job. I got to get out there and do it. So Mm -hmm. kudos to that. Yeah.
0: So your words were so powerful at this event that a couple of people from Merkle Retirement Planning came back and said, hey, we've got to get Lisa in front of the families and individuals that we work with. So what we did was we reached out to Lisa and we said, hey, Lisa, will you come talk to the people that we work with? And so we are doing this in the form of our Elevated Living Series event and we hold these monthly events. They're everything from pickleball to to touring the governor's mansion to going to the historic district of Pella. And we said, we got to bring Lisa in, Lauren. And what's really interesting about this too is, yes, the numbers part. You love to talk tax planning, Lauren, and you, you are definitely looking at investments and follow the stock market closer than anybody I know. But what's really cool about we what we do here is one of the components of retirement planning is lifestyle. And we hold these Elevated Living Series events to really Put, put you know put something behind that we really value the lifestyle of the clients that or the families and individuals that we work with
1: well and there's two main reasons for that one is we want to have a true connection with the families that we serve and within the walls of our office within the conference rooms we can have a really good financial connection and make kind of what i would des- describe as a mediocre real connection But you can't really know somebody. You can't really get to know who somebody truly is, what their passions, what their hobbies are, unless you kind of experience that with them. And that's part of the reason we developed the Elevated Living Series is not only to introduce the families that we serve to other hobbies or activities that they had previous exposure to, but they kind of lost interest or got caught up in the time of work so they can revisit those hobbies or just introduce them to brand new hobbies uh, and things that, that they might find enjoyment in, but also it brings people together. And we've found that that is the most important aspect of them reinventing themselves and enjoying their lifestyle after work is developing meaningful relationships with people that they can experience that joy with.
0: Yeah, so our listeners are in for a treat because let's just say you can't make our Elevated Living Series event. We are going to get a taste of kind of what Lisa has to share right here on this podcast. So you guys have heard of Harvard? Harvard? Yeah, everybody, Harvard, okay, Harvard. So Harvard has been doing this happiness study for several years, I wanna say 20 years or more. They've been doing a happiness study and here's what they found. The number one challenge people face in retirement is not being able to replace the social connections that has sustained them for so long in the working years.
2: I think you're exactly right when you say that because you know recently when I think about my business, I had one of my business mentors said to me, Lisa, this is a new season, and that means we have new strategies. And when we think about whether it's retirement planning or leaving the workforce, and now all of a sudden you have an abundance of time and not money, right? If the season changes, there certainly has to be a change in strategy. And I think that's where we look at Joy and think, okay, where does it fit? And Lauren, to your point, there is some pretty powerful evidence to say, begin with the end in mind. Right? When you think about where you want to be when you're retiring, it shouldn't just be the amount that's on your bank account. It should also be, how are you spending your time? And who are you spending it with? And those social connections, sometimes, as uncomfortable as it is, it's a new strategy. It's a new, OK, well, yep, I'm playing pickleball. And yesterday, I was wearing you know, a suit in a boardroom. <laughs> but that's going to get you some of that return on investment, like I mentioned, is really thinking about, OK, what's my new strategy to connect and to get out there and do some things?
0: And what's neat is that is exactly part of the retirement process here at Merkle Retirement Planning. One of the first things we do when we sit down with families, the retirement planners, they, they don't necessarily talk about how much is in the 401k or the latest tax brackets. One of their first questions is, what is your retirement goals? And Lauren, that helps you then, of course, get to some of the numbers, pieces of retirement.
1: Well, it's certainly what your activities in retirement are going to be will determine how much money you need on a monthly basis, which means how, how what kind of planning elements do you do need to incorporate within your overall retirement plan to make sure you can have these accounts these activities but also we like to talk about that at first to see what kind of idea people have in mind what kind of vision do people have in their mind for this next phase of their life and it might surprise you a lot of people have not put a lot of thought into what that's going to look like so this can spur some conversation this can spur some thought uh, that's necessary for them to achieve this fulfillment in this new phase of their life uh, but also it gives us a better sense of who they are as people so it can help us from an overall planning standpoint. Every once in a while, we do run into some people who, you know, Lisa, to your point, uh, they have the financials in play, right? They're not worried about running out of money. They have saved, they've done the hard work, they've been disciplined, they have the money in their portfolio to do what they want to do. But they feel very lost because they don't know what they want to do. And there's a, there's a real sense of not belonging. There's a real sense of uh, the world is very lonely. The world is very small when they don't have that lifestyle plan in place. Because you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have the joy, if you don't have what, what is going to fulfill you or make you whole as a person going forward, then all that money doesn't do them much good and it doesn't provide the happiness that they seek.
2: Absolutely. And I think my advice to folks who are sitting there in that particular situation is just like you would have done, whether it was corporate America or however you earned your, you know, your piece of the pie, think about all of the projects or experiments that you tested. That's what you have to do when it comes to joy. So setting up a, do I like pickleball? Well, let's get out there and see if I do. Do I like being with a group that goes to lunch every week? Okay, let's see if I do. And I think Placing the word experiment on it takes away some of that risk of thinking, well, I don't want to sign up for something that I have to do every day, all day. I just got out of a job. That's, you know, and so I yep. think some of those experiments, that's what I've been seeing, especially with the folks that are nearing retirement in my joy sessions, that ask that question of like, okay, how do I set up my framework? I'm like, it's a, it's a lot of experimenting. And you're going to give yourself some grace and pivot when you need to.
1: Yeah, and I also think redefining what retirement really is, is important as well. I mean, in the mid-80s, when my grandpa retired, it, retirement was what retirement was, right? You you work at a company for 40 years, you, you retire, you collect a pension, you collect Social Security, you have a little bit of savings, and then you do whatever is next. Where today, retirement is not always so cut and dried. And the way that I think about retirement is, what it does is, retirement is not necessarily your stop, you stop working, but now you have more control over what your schedule is and I think if you were to survey most retirees that's probably the number one or certainly towards the top part of retirement that they appreciate, that they really enjoy, is they have control over what that schedule looks like. And for some people, that control means they're going to work for somebody else, maybe, or doing their own thing, doing consulting, but they're doing it on their time, when they want to, for the money that they want to, and then they can still enjoy all of the other free time that they have, but it's that control over their schedule that they really enjoy.
0: Yeah, the studies show that people who fare the best in retirement find ways to cultivate connections. And I think those connections can be related to all the knowledge you have. I think about um, every year that I that I work, I find out a little bit more. I mean, you never stop learning about your job. And so to be able to cultivate connections by sharing your wisdom, but sharing it on your terms, what a great way to head into retirement. Uh, Lisa, you talk about knocking down joy barriers what do you see as barriers to joy in the work you do
2: yeah and I maybe will tell a story first because I think that will sometimes resonate with folks I often in I tend to speak in front of large audiences and I'll usually say good news I'm going to give you $10,000 cash And I'm going to put it in front of you. Maybe it's a Visa gift card, right? If you're younger and you'd prefer, you're like thinking, I don't want $10,000. I'll take take the green stuff. Cold hard, please. Cold hard, absolutely. And I say, you know, good news. We're going on a cruise. We're going on a cruise and you get to decide where we go. And I want you to think about the place. I want you to have that in your mind. And then I want you to be imagining what it's like and who you're with. And I often throw out, and a lot of people, if you have kids, can relate. I'll say, Disney with kids, right? <laughs> Some of them are like, nope, nope, not for me. And then other folks in the audience are is thinking to themselves, nope, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's the Caribbean. Maybe I'm with my spouse. Maybe I'm leaving my spouse at home and I have a <laughs> drink and a book. And the reason I throw that out there is I often will tell people, your joy will look different than others. Probably, I would guess, similar to retirement. What you do in retirement will look very different than you know, your neighbor. And I think that when it comes to thinking about the cruise that you're going on, there's going to be people in the audience usually that say, I don't want to go on a cruise, Lisa. Like, I want it my way. And I tell them, great, get out there and have it. But your first order of business are to knock down any barriers that are in your way. And one of the things that I'll first have them do is I have them create a list of all of the things that they like to do. And usually they'll be like, oh, but you know what? I just don't have the energy. Like, that's a big one. I don't have the energy. I've got kids. Or maybe I'm just you know not as as energetic as I used to be. And I, I talk a lot about, okay, great. Let's utilize the waking hours that you have. You're going to be awake anyway. You might as well squeeze it in there. And I've got some joy challenges that align with that. Others that I think people would relate to, especially in this instance, are money. When you think about saving for however many years, all of a sudden to be like, well, now I'm going to spend it. That's hard. And Lauren, I'm sure you can, can comment many things on that. And so I talk to people a lot about, what does your free joy list look like? And what are the things that are almost like small, medium, and large. Because I run into people, they're like, I'm like, what do you do for joy? They're like, well, once a year, we take a trip. And I'm like, so once a year, you're having joy. And they're like, yep, because that's when I can afford it. And I I always pause and smile and think, you're right. And there's probably some opportunity in there to create some really inexpensive joy as well. So those barriers are, are big, whether it's mobility, and yeah, I could go on and on. It's really about thinking through them and saying, yeah, but joy is my job. So I've got to find a way to slip it in there.
0: What advice do you have for people who maybe are retired and they're not unhappy, right? So they've got a routine, whatever that looks like. But maybe people around them think there's more for them. They maybe they're maybe they see this study that says cultivating connections and, and being busy is good for you, but they just don't know what that looks like. So I, I think of people, you know, there is more joy for them, but they don't know the joy is there, or they don't know how to reach it. Like they think they're okay where they are, but maybe you think they could just take one more step and be just a little bit happier. How, how do they get there? Yeah, I think
2: that's a combination of two things. It has to be awareness on that person's part. So it's, I teach a lot on communication and feedback, and it's like, well, the person receiving the feedback gets to decide whether or not it's true and whether or not they actually want to do anything about it. But I think for those folks that are around it and supporting it, whether it's an aging parent or someone that's getting ready to retire, just asking them things like, what did you used to do? You now have time for all of those things that you used to do, and that was one of the first joy lists that my husband and I created. We were laughing. We we're like, before we had kids, oh,
0: yeah. before we had kids, yes, like, BK. Uh-huh.
2: yeah, let's introduce ourselves to those people, you know. And I think before before retirement, what you know, and before all of the other stuff, what did we like to do? And if there's something on the list that. Almost just gets them inspired to be like, you know, we haven't gone to a concert in forever, and we might be the oldest people at that <laughs> concert. But by golly, we're going to do it. And that's, I think, a lot of just good questions to folks around. You know, what if they used to do? What would they, you know, if today was their last opportunity to travel? Where would they go? You know, when we think about COVID and the airports shutting down, sometimes just putting that in, in perspective of like, oh, if I could travel real quick before that happens what would you do? And I think that's the best way that I've seen to really push someone maybe a little farther than they're used to.
1: I think in part that's why they, our Elevated Living Series has been so popular amongst the families that we work with because it does introduce them to new activities that they've never experienced before or activities that they haven't experienced in a very long time. And I think one of the most important parts is it introduces them to new, like-situated people. If you, if you guys just think about... Some of the most joyful times in your life, college. Are you going to go? With, I'm
0: thinking college. Hey, this, everyone... is, this is your joy.
1: This is <laughs> yeah, your joy, Molly. Exactly. Like <laughs> right now. But 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 I think the the one theme for all four of us here uh, is those memories involve other people,
0: right? right? Like-minded other, people. Other Everybody people in college was in
1: that same that are meaningful yeah. to you at that point in your life, and that's one of the unique challenges that retirees have to face: is their social cir- circles are shrinking. And it's nothing that they've ever experienced before. So they're basically having to combat all these different experiences that they never had to go through before with a whole new set of anxieties that come with making the transition from working purpose to now redefining purpose, not working, having a lot of free time. And oh, by the way, their parents are passing away. Their spouses are passing away, their kids are moving away, their grandkids are getting older and may not want to pay as much attention to them or spend time with them. So the, the world becomes very lonely, and I think that's one of the biggest barriers to them finding joy as well.
2: Yeah, and when you think about getting involved, I usually say movement, so just getting out there and like being out in the world, whether it's walking around the mall or your neighborhood, just getting your body moving is a huge way to just convince your brain that you can then get out there and connect. And so for a lot of my joy activities or joy challenges, I'll ask people like, what are you doing for movement? I know my mom, there's she calls it her geriatric yoga. And uh, <laughs> I sent her this link a while back that was something that she could do at home, 10 minutes. And she goes, every time I do that, I just feel so much better about the world. And I think getting moving and then that really kicks your brain into saying, okay, well, I could probably get out there and do this with someone else. And to your point, getting out there and connecting are huge. And then, again, that hobbies piece, the what do you like for joy, that's the really big third component to you know get moving, get connecting, and get some hobbies. And I know that a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes. But remember, we're setting up a series of experiments to find those hobbies. Because I once had a leader tell me, Lisa, what would I do if I retired? What would I do with my time? And I, you know, that's where I say, well, you'd set up a series of like mini experiments to see what do you like? Welcome back to to the you that you used to be.
1: Yeah, and I think Mm -hmm. that can work even better if you test drive that prior to retiring. You know, you take the first, if you plan on retiring 12 months from now or six months from now, if you just take a test drive on what those experience might look like, then it's less of a surprise once you do give up all this other stuff. Right. And, th- and that can be just a series of those little experiments, not only with the activities that you do, the hobbies and those types of things that you really want to pursue engaging in, but also your time commitment associated with those. And you're not changing your whole world at one time.
0: So, Lisa, you talk about a joy calendar. What's that? <laughs> Absolutely. A joy calendar
2: really starts with a list. So if you've ever gone out to dinner with someone else and you do the whole like well where should we go? I don't know where do you <laughs> think we should where do you think we should go? It's always easier when you've got a list of things ready of like well we could go here here and here. So I always say start with a list and that list then becomes your grab and go. So for me I live by my calendar and for someone who's retired you might not have to use a calendar but the idea is is that you would have this grab and go list to put on your calendar, to actually schedule it in and say, well, Tuesday, I'm gonna do X. And so we've taken our joy list. My kids do it, my parents do it, we do it. I'm hoping to spread this worldwide. And we, we have those lists on our fridge. We do them about once a month. So we're getting ready to do our summer joy list here soon. And those just hang on the, ca- on the refrigerator so that when we've got 30 minutes and my daughter has a joy idea, and you know, she's like, mom, you know what, we should do paint by sticker, or mom, you know what, it's just a quick grab-and-go list, and then we take it one step further and put it on the calendar and color-code it because we're counting it, <laughs> you know, we're a little bit maybe on the extremes, but a joy calendar really just becomes a quick scan of do I have enough, that's where where we look at it, it I turn a lot of things pink on my calendar, and if we don't have enough pink, I'm looking saying, mm, we gotta add some, where can we slip it in inside of, around? And if we don't have enough, now my, even some of my kids are saying, well, it's our job. And I think that from a purpose standpoint of someone who's retired, if you can look at your calendar and think, you know, I don't have enough joy next week. Let's get back to that list. Let's create that and then plug it in where it makes sense. That's,
0: that's the joy calendar in a nutshell. I like that. I have someone retired in my life who gets some moments of boredom and to have a list to go to, I think could be beneficial for that person. in those moments when they're like, I don't know what to do this afternoon, just to have a little something they haven't seen or a, a driving trip. I think of like, when I retire someday, there's so many things, so many drivable things. Like I think of the libraries and the museums and just, but sometimes when you're in that moment, I'm sure it's hard to remember. Oh yeah, we wanted to go see John Wayne's birthplace. Let's drive there today. If you have it written down, Oh, that's right. Winterset. It's not that far away from, from the Des Moines metro area. So that'd be really valuable.
2: Absolutely. I think from a joy challenge perspective, I give out some lists of things that, okay, let's do it. And one of them is be a tourist in your town. So do the things that if someone was coming brand new to this space and this place that they would get to do. So I loved your, like, let's go see their birthplace or what are we known for? And that's been kind of a fun experiment for our family is to play tourist in our own town and then in neighboring towns as well, because it's like, uh uh-huh. Who knew that this was a hidden gem
0: in our backyard? Yeah. You can drive to Algona, Iowa, and see the world's largest Cheeto. Did you know that? Did you guys know that up near where I live?
1: You know, right? I really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> what's that, what's that <laughs> Cheeto look like? I mean, what's Well, oh, I've seen it made that of? Cheeto.
0: It's, I think it still resides at Emerald's, which is a restaurant in Algona that is excellent, by the way, if you're up there. And I think the world's largest Cheeto still resides there, and it is large. That, that is the only clue. You're going to have to see it for yourself.
1: The Hidden Gems of Iowa. They're everywhere. Added to the list. Largest <laughs>
0: and Johnny Carson's birthplaces. I, I mean, I could go on and on. I got to traverse the state as a former reporter and see all of these fun things. But there is a lot of joy to find in life. And Lisa, what else are you going to be talking to the families and individuals that we work with um, during the Elevated Living series?
2: Absolutely. I We will be getting them busy. They're going to start making that list, and then I'll give them a series of challenges, just like be a tourist in your town. A couple of the others that we're going to be talking about is. Let's say you're on the opposite side of not you know, having too much time or not having enough. I will often say, we are so busy. We have a lot going on, whether it's grandkids or maybe you're still working a bit. We are so busy. And everyone's kind of like, yes. And then I'm like, okay, what would we do with one hour of time? You could find 30 minutes or one hour, what would you do? And so we start to make some lists, and I've got some powerful questions that I ask so that folks can truly say, mm, what would I do? And then we talk about things like mealtimes and festivals and all the things going on in the area already. How can you incorporate that into your life? Well, also my favorite, favorite, favorite is Crappy to Happy. So Crappy to Happy, as not fancy as it is, (laughs) is my favorite just because there are things that we do, whether it's dishes or laundry or doctor's appointments or all these things that, you know, they just have to happen. How are you infusing happy into the crappy and my kids we uh, my husband likes to match socks so he thinks that sock one sock should go inside of the other sock after it comes out of the dryer I do not oh we always had white socks like why would you spend time putting socks inside of socks and so one of the things about after about two years of marriage this is a while back I finally looked at him and said fine you win I will match the socks. <laughs> I'm sure there will be something else in our marriage that I will win on. And I'm willing to concede. And so, and I said to him, but crappy to happy, by golly, we're going to make this fun. So our kids know matching socks as a sock party. And every couple days, we've got music going or they're throwing them over the banister and making them snow. I'm like, we're going to have to pick them up anyway.
0: I want to at your house. Right? like so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk to my 13 year old exactly. about a few of these things? How old's your oldest? He's 11. So okay. You got like a year. I'm, no, I'm sure your kids are going to be much more <laughs> joyful because you've raised them and not me. So I'm sending my 13 year old who I love dearly over oh, you yeah. <laughs> for the sock matching party. And I want you to infuse some joy because that would be great. it gets a little challenging sometimes.
2: It does. It does. But I tell you what, it's, it's been interesting because these sock parties, as silly as they sound, they have been, they've really retrained their brain to say, okay, there are all sorts of things I don't want to do. But how am I going to infuse a little bit of happy? I do the same with working adult, a lot of workplace joy. You know, whether it's spending six hours on a spreadsheet where your eyes are kind of crossed by the end of it, or uh, even in the construction industry, I've had guys say, carrying drywall. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the crappy in our world. And then folks in closer to retirement, or even folks that are a little bit older, I once had a woman come up to me after a session, and she said, you know what's crappy to happy? And I was like what? And I thought she was going to be like, this is ridiculous. She goes, I visit my mom in assisted living once a week. And it's the hardest part of my week because I don't know what to talk to her about. And so we stare at a wall for 30 minutes and then I leave. And she goes crappy to happy next time we're playing Yahtzee. Mm-hmm. We used to play Yahtzee back in the day. And yeah, I think I can do more to make that experience you know, better. And she wrote me an email a few weeks later. She goes, it worked. And wow. I was like, boom, that's exactly what we want to see when it comes to crappy to happy.
0: Making joy your job is a great mantra as you head to and through retirement. But Lauren, you know, sometimes there's just that that, that hurdle there. Again, the barrier that Lisa talks about. And it's first answering the question, do I have enough to retire? Because that, that money aspect of retirement, it's hard for people to... Forget about that.
1: I think that's one of the biggest takeaways of this conversation is make joy your job. And I think that resonates really well with pre-retirees and retirees because you're coming off of a 40-year career where that's your job and now you need to find a replacement for that purpose, find new fulfillment. And if you just focus on making joy your job, then... That is going to take care of all of the other little things because it's going to take care of your activities. It's going to take care of your, your social activities with whom you like to spend time to whom you enjoy your time with. And then it's the financial components The financial planning aspect, the retirement plan aspect that allows you to feel confident about making joy your job. You're gonna within the retirement plan, you're gonna be able to to have confidence in the income that you're gonna need on a monthly, yearly basis. You're gonna have confidence of not running out of time before you run out of that income. You're gonna have confidence about increasing your spendable income because you decrease your overall retirement tax bill. And part of that is also what's left over when you do run out of time. How does that transition in the efficient way to your charities and loved ones. If you have all that under wraps and you feel really good and confident about it, now you can spend almost all of your efforts, almost all of your time focusing on making joy your job.
2: I have one other quick thought that I'd like to throw out there and I don't know that it where it fits, but I would love to just remind people that joy is a little bit messy. You know, whether it's the money, right, in retirement or the joy that you're having, we oftentimes will do things, whether it's with our friends or our kids, and we get out there and we think, this was supposed to be fun and now it's raining. We're going to a soccer game tomorrow night, and I was looking at the weather and it's going to be like 43 degrees, and I'm thinking, that's going to be something. And so I just always like to remind people that when they're in the act of having joy, if it looks slightly different than what you had planned, don't miss that, that there's an opportunity. Our kids, I'll never forget, we were we took them to a movie, and they were so naughty and throwing popcorn and rolling on the floor. And we're out in the parking lot. Now
0: and your kids sound yes, like my yeah, kids. Okay, yeah. now we can connect. We're real, we're
2: real. <laughs> and we got into the parking lot, and I remember my husband looking at, and I looking at each other like, this was supposed to be fun, right? Similar to retirement. This was supposed to be yeah. fun. And I, we look over, and our kids are running circles in the little, like, grassy knoll area. And I said, but what if we accomplished it? like mission accomplished. Look right there. That might be just a little bit messy and look a little bit different, but the result is the same. And I think giving yourself some grace on both the, you know, the retirement planning front, as well as just a little bit of joy being, you know, a little messy. You'll still get there in the end, that joy is truly your job. It just might look a little different day to day.
0: If you want to connect with Lisa, you can go to lisaeven.com, that's L-I-S-A, and then E-V-E-N.com, we will put that link in our show notes. She's got some great resources on her website. You can really get a handle on who she is, what her message is, and ways to connect with her. If you want to talk about a comprehensive retirement plan that includes not only finding joy, but putting all those other pieces of the puzzle together, this is a great opportunity. It's a 15 minute retirement checkup call. You can schedule yours right now by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, retire.com. You can schedule your 15 minute retirement checkup call today. That link will also be in the show notes. Lisa, you sure do bring the energy and the joy. The families and individuals that we work with are in for a real treat when they get to meet you soon. I know it's been a real treat for us today to have you again. Lisa's website is lisaeven.com. This has been Retiring Today. We thank you for listening.